Hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone is having an absolutely fantastic day today. I want to give everybody a heads up and an update on the website. We've basically been getting more inventory back in stock. As you guys know, vitamin C and D3 have been two supplements that have been very difficult for the entire last year to keep in stock, primarily because of these shortages that has happened not only around the country, but around the world. A lot of countries that have not had huge amounts of this have basically been trying to stockpile it for residents that have been actively using vitamin C and D3. You guys know if you've listened to the show, the research in detail that we've talked about with those two and also, of course, zinc. And so what I have now is added the new kit back up on the website for over 15% off. It's the virus protection kit, and it's the vitamin C with quercetin, the D3, and the zinc, the same thing I've talked about, the same thing that has worked incredibly well for so many individuals, including myself and friends. And so that's on the front page of the website. And I want to give everybody a heads up on that if you're interested in it. And also, too, I wanted to say this. A lot of, I've been seeing a lot of people bringing up the aspect of this capital armed march that they're trying to put together now. Now, whether this is patriots that are basically trying to take the initiative and maybe a little confused or paid Antifa, we don't fully understand yet. But I can tell you one thing. This is not something that I'm supporting at this time with the current state of affairs that's going on. Here is why. The entire communist section of the House and now of the Senate and, of course, the presidency is looking for any excuse they can to try to ramrod more gun bills through without any and all restrictions. All they need is a bunch of clowns running around D.C. with AR-15s getting in a gunfight with the National Guard. Now, I know the National Guard, I know I've said this before and I've told you guys this, they are not a direct action element at all. They are there basically to support and usually logistics. They usually help out with natural disasters. In most cases, they're not even armed. If they are armed, they are rarely even given ammunition. Most of the time, if you see them and they ever have rifles on them, they always have empty mag wells, and they do not have loadouts on their gear, meaning you do not see them running a seven or six mag loadout on their plate carrier. They generally have no ammo. In the event that something goes absolutely sideways, they then are issued magazines and ammunition, and they basically go to whatever gunner groups they have. But that's a rarity. I actually have never seen that before with the National Guard in most cases in, in recent history. But, however, as I have now seen in a lot of photos coming from the Capitol building with all these National Guards there, and some people are freaking out, oh my gosh, National Guard's there. This is not abnormal for National Guard to be the Capitol. However, I have seen a lot of photos of the National Guard, and they have been issued rifles. They do not have magazines. They do not have plate carriers. I talked to another buddy of mine that's retired Army. He also works in contract work in the past. And he told me, he said, the National Guard is generally not something you ever have to worry about. He goes, now you start seeing the Army or the Marine Corps and basically full battle rattle, then you got an issue and you need to watch out. He said, but this is not that. This is primarily here to be a show of force to present, prevent any massive amount of engagement from the alleged Patriot-slash-Antifa groups that they're expecting. Now, the reason why I said that from before, we have to make a stand and we have to continue 
to keep speaking the truth and not give in to a lot of these tyrannical demands that so many are trying to push. But again, as I said at the beginning, we also have to use wisdom and rethink our strategies. Going to D.C. in an armed patriot march to basically try to go have some type of direct engagement with the National Guard is not going to do anything to benefit our point whatsoever under any circumstances. Everybody knows if you've ever been involved in fighting, if you've ever been involved in you know karate, taekwondo, whether you've been in the military, you understand that you never show your hand with what's going on. You always try to keep multiple things reserved and you have multiple backup plans and contingencies. Telling everybody for an entire week that we're going to have an armed protest at the Capitol is not a smart strategy whatsoever under any circumstances. So it's not something I recommend recommend. It's not something I endorse, and I don't encourage anybody to go to it. If you want to go and you want to have a peaceful protest, that is completely fine and dialed right in under the Bill of Rights, but going in and trying to start a direct firefight with the National Guard is not something I'm going to endorse under any circumstances at this current time right now. I just wanted to clarify that because I've gotten a lot of emails this week, so you guys know my stance on it on this particular situation. Take a step back, rethink your strategy, we regroup and figure out what we need to do to protect the Constitutional Republic. What do you think, Deb? Uh, yesterday I had a long discussion with Doug Hagman about this. I talked to him for about an hour. I also spoke to one of the people who are a huge leader in the QAnon movement last night and went into detail with him. Now, of course, you guys know I'm not a Q follower, never have been, never wanted to be. I always thought it was crazy. But something else is behind the scenes here right now you know and if, if you in the military you have a division it can be anywhere from 10,000 troops to 25,000 troops if you do a small division it's like 10,000 troops uh, they're going to bring over 20,000 troops now into the, the into the white house into the capitol building all over the capitol grounds and this is like two small divisions or one large division this is a lot of firepower I mean, this is more than they have, like, you know, like in Iraq right now, more than they have, like, in Afghanistan right now. This is a lot of people. And Austin's right. At this point, they have not been given magazines, you know, with you know full loadouts. Uh, they're not dressed up in battle rattle. Uh, but the reality is, is it's very easy to put them in battle rattle. All you have to just bring a couple big distribution trucks and start handing out mags. So yeah. we've got a problem here. We've got a really big problem right now with the United States, and here's why. I don't believe the Patriots are going to go up there and start anything. I don't. I don't believe any of that. But we already saw Antifa charge the Capitol building and go inside. We know these were staged crisis actors that were doing what they did in order to try to precipitate this type of response from the federal government, which they received. Now, Donald Trump's involved in the middle of this. Remember, Donald Trump is the one who's released over 20,000 troops into the Capitol. This is Donald Trump. This isn't Joe Biden. Donald Trump's still president. Everybody keeps forgetting that. They keep forgetting it. It's like the other day when I was talking about, you know, the different aspects of with Israel and Mossad and Jeffrey Epstein. And let's go back to algebra real quick. If you say A equals B equals C, right? A equals B equals C. That means they're all the same. So if A equals B and B equals C, then A has to equal C. It's that simple. Math. It's just it's just logic. It's all it is. If Jeffrey Epstein was hired by Mossad, Mossad is hired by and controlled by Israel. That means A equals B equals C, which means Jeffrey Epstein was an employee of Israel, just like Pollard was, who was released after 30 years in prison, who received a hero's welcome. Now you say, why are you bringing all that up? 
with this thing at the battle, okay? We've got a problem right now because if we have troops come in, I mean, I'm talking like get, they get dressed like civilians and they can't get, they come in and we don't know where they're from. They could be Spesnots, they could be Chinese, heck, they could be Mossad, they could be anything. They could come into the Capitol grounds and they could start a firefight with the National Guard. And Austin's 100% right. This would immediately lock the country down. We would immediately go to martial law, and they would probably immediately go door-to-door to try to take guns away from everybody. This could precipitate into something a whole lot bigger than it is. Sharon and I, last night, we were sitting in the hot tub, and I start talking about her. She says, Ted, it's like we're watching a movie. And I said, it's, it's more than that. It's like we're watching a movie, but we are basically an extra on the set that doesn't get to say anything. We're kind of like in the middle of this film that we're kind of like going, wow, this is just an awful movie, but you know, we've been put in here as an extra, but we can't do anything to get anything done. Well, that's how they see us, but that's not how I see us, and that's not how God sees us. You know, as Christians, we're the army of God. We've basically been, been given incredible power and authority through prayer and through understanding what the Word says and through the blood covenant we have with Christ to the Most High God, to the Great I Am. So we need to understand that we all need to be in prayer. But Austin's 100% right. They're trying to set up the Patriots right now in D.C., and Trump is involved in it, just like he was involved in having the march on the Capitol building the other day. Remember, he's the one who basically encouraged it. If you listen to the to this video, now he didn't say go in and ransack and all that. He said, go, you know, whatever, but you can listen to the video. This man is not our friend, has not been. You know, we basically have been dealing with this now and his ridiculous decisions for the last four years. But the National Guard troops are told to prepare for possible IEDs that will be used by heavily armed capital plotters. This is in the news right now. As 20,000 are drafted in for Biden's inauguration and many are sleeping with their rifles on congressional floor. The National Guard is being told the possibility that those who are plotting attacks on the U.S. Capitol will be using improvised explosive devices. Yeah. Remember, that's what they do in the Middle East. It's always the IEDs, 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 IEDs everywhere. So this would be a perfect opportunity. The other day, I read you that article yesterday and how <clears throat> Prayer had said that they were using this Capitol rioting as basically the Reichstag fire in D.C., you know, from last week. No, that wasn't big enough for that. This could be big enough to be the Reichstag fire if they start letting loose IEDs around the Capitol area. Now, if you're a patriot and you're up there and you're just walking around, all of a sudden an IED explodes, it doesn't care whether you are a Christian or you are a non-Christian or you are nothing. If you get close to an IED and explodes, you're probably going to die or get seriously injured. And I'm going to say this to you guys, I mean this very sincerely. This is not the time to go up there in full battle rattle and decide you're going to march on the Capitol in full military garb and basically have your magazines loaded and locked and ready to go. This is not that time. This is what the communists want you to do. This is their game plan. The best thing for anybody to do right now with this whole mess is it's going to be a virtual inauguration probably is to stay out of D.C. right now. Don't take the bait. This is bait. This is bait for us to go up there to 
to come in and slay. Remember, we're fixing to have a communist government in the United States with Biden and Harris, a communist government. We've elected a communist to be the president of the United States basically through fraud. That's what that was. But the reality is, is he's going to have the control. He can start slinging executive orders. We don't want to give them the ammunition as far as the ability to come after more of our Second Amendment rights. We haven't had a big false flag, really, since Vegas underneath Trump. And, of course, that brought us a whole bunch of nonsense, including bump stock bans. But here we are again in a precipitating incident that could go really sideways for us very quickly. Now, last night, I was sending a bunch of Texas out, and I started thinking about this. What in the world have we done? You know, Donald Trump, and let me, let me go back. With the Israeli lobby, the Anti-Defamation League, and the APAC, American-Israeli Political Action Committee, having over 40,000 you know, employees and basically volunteers, what have we done to the point now that Israel and the Jewish people hate Donald Trump this much? Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, we're going to be very, we're going to be just real candid here today. You know, Trump was weakened by the Russian gate. agenda, you know, ending wars, because he wanted to get us out of the Middle East. That was his policy to start with, remember? He wanted us out of Afghanistan, he wanted us out of Iraq, he wanted us out of Syria, but he didn't do that. But, you know, he put the policy in the hands of neoconservative warmongers like John Bolton, who's basically a hardcore Zionist, and Pompeo, and he expanded the prospect of wars into Iran and into Venezuela. Trump in office bears little resemblance to the Trump campaigning for the presidency when he says he's going to get us out of all these wars. Under such pressure, Trump has broken American diplomatic precedent and international law with respect to Jerusalem and the Syrian Golan Heights in his effort to seek the protection of the powerful Israeli lobby. He recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital, and he moved the U.S. Embassy there on March 22nd. He said that it is time to accept the reality of Israel's occupation of Syria's Golan Heights as Israeli territory. This was extreme pandering to Israel and to Zionism, and it was a disgrace to the United States, period. Now, I'm reading you part of what Paul Craig Roberts wrote. I'm adding a lot of stuff to it. It is now not clear how Trump has benefited from this groveling. If polls could be believed, Trump's pandering has done him no good with American Jews, 70% of whom disapprove of Trump, because a lot of them are hardcore liberal, a lot of them are communists. Moreover, the Israeli lobby has failed to use its influence to silence the prostitutes' false Russia-gate accusations that were going on with Trump for years, and now they've impeached him twice. Perhaps the lobby wanted to keep Trump in a weak position in order to extract more concessions from him. I don't know. Nevertheless, by terminating, terminating U.S. aid to the Palestinians, which he did, and by being the only head of a state to fully recognize Jerusalem as the Israeli capital and to assign the Syrian territory to Israel, what? He gave part of the Syrian territory to Israel. Trump has established a U.S. relation with Israel Zionism that the U.S. has had with no other state and that Israel has had with no other state. On any issue that pertains to Israel's interests, Trump has placed U.S. foreign policy into Israel's hands. Various diplomats and analysts are saying that Trump gifted the Golan Heights to Israel. Now, i got to stop for a second. How in the world could Trump, the President of the United States, gift the Golan Heights to Israel in order to help out Netanyahu, who faces indictment for corruption? Which, by the way, I already told you he wasn't going to be taken out of office until the Kabbalist, Luciferian, Rothschilds 
who own and run Israel basically think that he should be. Now, what we need to realize is that Trump, you know, has basically, you know, had the Zionists running U.S. foreign policy through Jared Kushner. The hostility of Trump toward Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, Syria, Venezuela, does America no good except for the shareholders of the military security complex. But hostility toward Iran, Syria, and the protector Russia does benefit Israel. Israel has been frustrated in its desire to occupy southern Lebanon. They want to take over Lebanon now, too, by the Hezbollah militia, which is supported by Syria and Russia. I'm going to repeat that. Israel has been frustrated in its desire to occupy southern Lebanon by the Hezbollah militia, which is supported by Syria and Iran. If Washington can destabilize Syria and Iran, as it did with Iraq and Libya, Hezbollah would be cut off from support. Moreover, Washington's accusations against Russia and missile bases on Russia's border can distract Russia's attention and resources away from the Middle East and leave Syria and Iran less able to resist the U.S.-Israeli pressure. <laughs> this is crazy. Trump, who campaigned on peace so that American attention and resources could be focused on America's own situation, now has the U.S. more embroiled than ever in the affairs of foreign countries, principally Israel. The fact makes it reasonable to conclude that Trump is America's first Zionist president. Now, this is the thing that we have going on right now behind the scenes that have been going on for the past four years. And remember, then Trump was told to put Bolton, a hardcore Zionist, supposedly dual Israeli citizen, into power as far as his secretary of defense. And John Bolton is still mad that Donald Trump would not let him bomb Iran. Remember, he was a war. All he wanted to do was come in and start bombing Iran. But now John Bolton is coming out and saying he's still mad. Having wrongly claimed that Iraq was in possession of weapons of mass destruction, former Pentagon official and national security advisor John Bolton, national security, he's a national security advisor, excuse me, I misspoke. John Bolton, he was. John Bolton knows a thing or two about big mistakes. Had he expressed any regret about advancing the lie that led America to invade Iraq, he might be considered a pretty good judge of when the White House is dangerously out of control, and that's the case Bolton attempts to make in a tell-all book of his time as President Donald Trump's national security advisor, in basically in the room where it happened. Now, Bolton is unbelievably angry that we were not allowed, the United States was not allowed, and Trump did not order a full strike against Iran. Now, you think about this for a second. Bolton is a Zionist. As far as I'm concerned, he puts Israeli basically things in front of what the United States wants to do, Israeli affairs. And so the Times of Israel, the organization of America, the Zionist organization America gives John Bolton the Defender of Israel Award. They did this for him two years ago. President Trump lavishly praises the gala event for decisions to move the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. The U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton was presented with Defender of Israel Award at the Zionist Organization of the American Annual Brandis Dinner Award last Sunday night in New York. This was a couple of years ago. Now, Brandis was the first Israeli, first Jewish Supreme Court member in the United States. So we need to realize what was going on with all of this stuff behind the scenes. You know, we, there's another article that just came out, and it says Trump was planning to attack Iran, and the mainstream media missed it until now. This article was written a couple months ago, and it says this side has been warning for months that Donald Trump might launch a military attack against Iran, and meantime, the mainstream press mostly ignored the danger. 
And they're saying that basically this is still a possibility, even in the last few days, you know, of his presidency right now. Foreign policy says why Trump decided not to attack Iran. He was looking for a diplomatic solution. But the whole thing is if you go back and you do the research on Israel and Iran and Bolton and that how Donald Trump may be the most pro-Jewish president ever. This is an article written by the New York Post and the fact that he gave the Golan Heights to Israel. He's not even, he doesn't even own the Golan Heights and he's good buddies with Benjamin Netanyahu, but he refused to attack Iran. Now remember, Iran is the boogeyman on the block over in the Middle East still. They're huge. It's a big country over there. And they got a very, very established military. You know, so my question is this. Was Donald Trump supported by all of these folks to become an become our president and supported for the last four years because they wanted to make sure they allowed him and forced him to basically attack Iran. I believe that's true. And I believe that a lot of the reason that he has not been basically, you know, that they have continued to eviscerate him in the press is because he has not attacked Iran. Remember what Benjamin Netanyahu did. As soon as he became, as soon as the election was over with, like the next day, he called up Biden and congratulated him for being the, quote, president-elect. Remember that? Now, this is Benjamin Netanyahu already turning on Trump and supporting Biden. And what we need to realize is that even Trump even signed a, in the NewYorker.com, it has an article and it says that Trump's, the real purpose of Trump's executive order against anti-Semitism. Trump passed an executive order against anti-Semitism on college campuses, which prevented people from basically going out and protesting against what was going on in Palestine and how the, basically the Palestinians were being shot and killed for sport. And this article goes on to say, the new executive order will not protect anyone against anti-Semitism and is not intended to. Its sole aim is to quash the defense and even the discussion of Palestinian rights. Its victim will be free speech. Now, Trump passed that, too. Remember that. And Zionist Biden has said, in his own words, my name is Joe Biden, and everybody knows that I love Israel. Now, Biden now is put up in a situation where he's going to be president here on the 20th. His hoe, Camilla, vice president, her husband is a hardcore Jewish Zionist. He's Jewish. And he'll be now basically the one leading the parade in D.C. and in the White House, and Biden basically is going to be senile and in the back seat. This is where we find ourselves. And so I wanted to kind of urge you guys to think and go through these articles. They've all been posted at the Health Masters website so you guys can realize that there's a serious problem going on right now with what's happening with Iran. And we haven't really covered it a lot on this show because I figured, you know, you know, what in the world are we going to do about what Trump's going to do in the Middle East? But he has done a 180 on his policies of not having wars and not doing all these crazy things. And now, is it, now I'm asking this question because I don't know. Is the reason that Donald Trump's been impeached twice, is the reason that Donald Trump has been eviscerated by a Rothschild-controlled press, is the reason that Donald Trump's administration has gone down in flames, is the reason all of this stuff has happened is because he refused to go in and destroy the country of Iran. I don't know. Is it because he backed off of his Israeli handlers? Do you remember when he started slinging missiles over there in the Middle East and started doing all the things he was doing and killed Soleimani and all these different people? All of a sudden, he starts getting positive praise in the press that's run by the Rothschild banking cartel because they control AP Wire and Reuters. So we have a situation here where we have to look at this entire 
formula of what's happening. Is this entire thing been set up because Donald Trump has refused, refused to attack Iran and take them out? And is Joe Biden going to do that in his administration? And why in the world have we allowed 60 dual Israeli citizens to be in Congress and in the Senate approximately and allow them to control foreign policy through APAC and the Council on Foreign Relations and the ADL? Why have we got ourselves into this situation? But Christians don't want to take a look at it. There's an article right here from the Telegraph. It says, for charismatic Christians, the Capitol riot and Trump's impeachment can't stop prophecies that say he will return. We've been completely blinded by these quote-unquote prophets that have said no matter what happens, Donald Trump will basically be a president again in the United States immediately. Now I have one of my top people that I talked to about Q. He says that because the United States was became, became a corporation in, I think, 1871, that Donald Trump was going to make the corporation null and void. That's why he has all the troops there to protect the capital, and that Donald Trump is basically to restore the original Constitution, which will allow him to become the first president of the United States since 1871. All these twisted things are coming out right now because we've got 20,000 National Guard troops sitting in D.C., sleeping on the floors of the Capitol. I don't know where they're all going to the bathroom. That's a lot of people and how they're all being fenless. They're bringing in boxes and boxes of pizza from everywhere from all these restaurants that are closed from in-room dining. I don't know what's going on up there, guys. All I know is this. We've all got to pray. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your guidance as Christians, as for patriots. We ask for you to direct us and to guide us to help us do what we need to do for you through Christ. Help us to have clear minds and clear consciences and allow us to think about what's going on and look at it from an objective standpoint. I pray that your will be done in Washington, Lord. That's all we could ever pray because we're not going to fight against your will, Father. We pray for your will to be done. Father, I station angels all around the patriots and our listeners right now. I plead the blood of Christ over all of our listeners and the patriots right now. And I put a hedge of thorns around all of us, Lord, for your divine protection. I pray that you get us through the next few weeks, Lord, for this transition or whatever is going to happen, and that you allow us to bring honor and glory to you through all of this. Help the Christians, the Christian men, to basically have the guts to do what they need to do, to protect themselves, to protect their families, and to stand up for what is right. I thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Guys, this is what we all have to do. We've got to stand on this because there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes that is Rothschild controlled right now that we've got to expose it. And that's what I wanted to do on this show this morning. Awesome. What's your next story, bud? Uh, absolutely well said. And uh, the primary way they're going to be feeding these guys right now is if they're deployed, they're going to be eating MREs. Um, which are, are not very tasty, but that's generally what these guys are going to have to do. MREs also have a tendency to make you constipated as well, which is fantastic. Uh, I'm being sarcastic. It's so, but yes, as far as it, sanitation, I'm guessing they're bringing in probably some type of lavatory trucks or whatever they're going to bring over there because the Capitol building's not like they're out in the sandbox in Afghanistan where they can just go basically set up, you know, latrines <laughs> and burn burn the uh, waste. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but yes, no. I, I, again, I'm, I'm reading the same thing dad just said this is not the time or place to go up there and try to have some armed demonstration i'm going to clarify that again in case you guys didn't have that the biggest thing people need to be doing right now i'm listening to me guys the biggest thing people need to be doing right now 
is working with your local communities, your local counties, your local sheriff, your local city, your local town, your local neighborhood, and talking to individuals and getting things into place in the event you have to do so. Traveling all the way to D.C. to go try to do this right now is not is not the right tactic under any circumstances. You need to be prepared and ready to protect your family, your friends, your neighborhood, and your country in your large and small circle of things, especially if you live in a little more rural area or you're in a town like we have over here in Auburndale. Make sure you have comms, meaning communications. Make sure you can talk to one another if there ends up being a natural disaster like a hurricane and there's no cell phone service or internet. Make sure you can communicate with your groups and you know where to rally, where to meet, and at least the general basics and overlays of your neighborhood and your area or your property, wherever you're at, and understand how to defend them from defensive points and so forth. That's the, what you should be doing. And we should, should have already done that, to be honest with you. You don't wait till now to do it. You should have already done that. But that being said, make sure you got fuel, make sure you got your supplements, make sure you got some food, make sure you got any other you know, medical kits, anything you need right now. That's always the best thing to be prepared for. And quite frankly, it shouldn't take this incident to motivate you to do that. If it does, then so be it. Make sure you handle it. But as you guys know, and I've told you before, half the time, I don't even have to get prepped for a hurricane in most cases because I already have all the tools and equipment that I need on standby on a regular basis. Now, I may go fill up some fuel or make sure all the vehicles are full of fuel and so forth, but that's about the extent of it because if you stay prepped on a regular basis and you know that certain things can occur like massive hurricanes in Florida, any other situation that occurs, you simply just might change your direction or change your tactics, but it's all generally based on the same platform. Now, it's interesting now, I was looking at this, <laughs> the level of contradictory nature that we have seen over this incident, and I'm going to bring this up right now. With what we saw at the Capitol building, you know, no armed conflict inside, no significant violence except for actually the protesters being shot, multiple ones actually being killed. And now we see that basically the D.C. mayor is now offering $1,000 to anybody who can help identify photographed individuals that were there at the rally or in the Capitol building. Now, what I find interesting about this is, you know, I don't find one single incident, not one single news story about the D.C. mayor offering $1,000 rewards for information leading to the arrest of BLM rioters in D.C. last summer who damaged public property all across D.C. and by the White House and right in front of the White House. And I also don't recall the FBI launching 170-plus coast-to-coast investigations of BLM or Antifa thugs. You guys remember her calling any of that at all? Do you remember at all in any circumstances the FBI getting involved with any of the riots that were in D.C. last summer? I don't. I never heard one. However, I did hear about an individual in Des Moines, Iowa, four days ago, who was arrested at a McDonald's by an FBI and sheriff sting operation because he just got back from traveling from D.C. and he was one of the individuals that went into the Capitol and they got him on facial recognition. I'm not joking. You can pull it up. Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa. Like, not beside D.C. <laughs> that Iowa. And so they are literally going across and trying to make examples out of anybody that even walked into that building. And they've charged him with five different felony federal charges now. Unbelievable. But yet, 
when BLM and Antifa were firebombing in front of the White House and burning down cars and looting businesses, I don't recall even one incident about investigation or even looking into anything that was going on. Why? Because that was all designed and paid for to do exactly what they did. And they're now showing us. They're clearly showing us whose side they're on. They are on the side of the communism. Or you could call it, in this case, the Bolshevik 2.0s. That's what they are. The BLM and Antifa, they are the paid Bolshevik agitators, so to speak. And I'm fully convinced that they are involved in this new protest they're talking about doing next week. So again, as Dad said, stay away from all that nonsense. No reason whatsoever to get involved in it. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting, some active stuff that's going on now in L.A. County. The L.A. County School District and the superintendent of the L.A. Unified School District has now said that vaccines will be mandatory for all children going back into the school systems. Not kid you not. The Pfizer vaccine, however, was given an emergency authorization. It was not approved. I told you guys that the other day. The FDA has never approved a COVID injection. They did an emergency authorization on it. And the thing about it is, they only said it was for ages 16 and older. Now, nobody's talking about that. Now they're saying that they've been testing on children as young as 12, but it's still going to take several more months to complete. However, studies have shown that children rarely even transmit the coronavirus, and their survival rate, according to the CDC, is 99.997%. So why are we seeing now L.A. County? Tell all their children if they want to go back to school, it's mandated, no exemptions. If they have a medical exemption, they have to do online learning. They can't go back to school. I kid you not. And then what's ironic about this now is, again, I've told you guys in detail yesterday, and I've continued to break it down for you. The COVID alleged vaccine is not a vaccine. It's an RNA technology package that's injected into you that basically has a spike protein that ties in to your body to cause your body to actually become a pathogen manufacturing site. And I have been getting email after email. There's been post after post all online about serious adverse events that are occurring all over the country from this injection, this technology injection. Because I'll tell you right now, it's not a vaccine. The more you research and the more you look at what it's actually doing to people right now, it is horrific that this stuff is being pushed so widely. And the sad part to me is so many people are blindly stepping up to be injection, injected with an RNA technology injection that they don't even know what it's going to do to them at all. You know, if you were even on the fence, you're like, hey, you know what, maybe. Here's the thing. Are you alive right now? If you're listening to the show, the answer is yes. Did you make it through 2020? The answer is yes. If you're alive and you made it through 2020, why is everybody in such a rush to get the injection? If you made it through and you survived and you caught COVID or you didn't catch COVID or whatever you think happened, why in the world is everybody in such a rush to get a vaccine or a injection technology device, you could call it? I don't know. It boggles my mind. And so the thing about it is we're seeing now that more and more and more draconian measures are being put into place to try to force individuals to accept this shot, which has no business being in your body whatsoever. You now see over in the UK, HSBC Bank, which is 
my opinion, a horrific bank. I dealt with them firsthand back when I was 18, 19 years old over a motorcycle that I had financed, and they were by far the worst banking institution I have ever engaged with under any circumstances whatsoever. I would never recommend them. I would actually tell you to run away from them. Do not sign anything with them. Do not take any money from them. Do not do any type of business with HSBC. And now, to take it a step further, they have now told their customers in the UK that if they refuse to wear a face mask when entering the branch, they will have their accounts terminated. Not joking. Jackie Yuhi, head of branch network HSBC UK, told the Daily Mirror that those who fail to comply would not only be refused service, but have the relationship with the bank severed permanently. She goes, sadly, some people are failing to protect themselves with masks that don't work. My note, our branch colleagues and other customers, by refusing to wear face coverings inside our branches or observe social distancing, the announcement was made shortly after several supermarkets said they would refuse entry to customers not wearing face coverings. Other banks could also follow HSBC's example by threatening customers with account termination if they refuse to wear a face mask. And despite already being under national lockdown, Brits could be facing even more stricter restrictions, with government ministers saying earlier this week that people may only be allowed to leave their house one time per week if the coronavirus continues to spread. Now, here's the irony about this. If the mask worked, if the social distancing works, why in the heck are there still being alleged all these cases that are coming up? Anybody ask that question? If the masks are so effective and they work so good and everybody's got their face diapers on and everybody's running away from each other and trying to social distance like good little peasants, why in the world do they still have cases? Because everything is COVID now. The reason why the flu's disappeared, the reason why the common cold's disappeared, the reason why pneumonia cases have disappeared, they've all continued to drop. And ironically, if you look, if I'm not mistaken, last year, the total amount of COVID deaths under the age of 60 in the UK was like 360 deaths. That's it. Suicides, accidents, dude, they're all 8,000, 9,000, 10,000, 12,000 deaths last year. It's, this is not what they have made it out to be at all under any circumstance. And that's why I've told you I have been so aggressive about not complying with mask mandates because the mask is not there to protect you. It is not there to save you. It is not there to protect your friends or family or save grandmas like they do. It is all about compliance. You have to break the identity and break the will of the populace that you are about to occupy. That is just what you do. And they have found this over and over and over again in warfare and in invasions for centuries. This is one of the reasons why the Muslims were one of the key figureheads in doing this hundreds of years ago. When they would go in and they would capture people, they would either bag them or gag them or put a big mask on their face. They've done this all the way back, even there the times of different slave trade in different places all across the world. The peasants aren't allowed to have identity. The peasants aren't allowed to speak. The peasants aren't allowed to do anything if they're not allowed or told they can do it. This is what they're doing to the populace. That's when you walk in, you need to wear a mask. No, thank you. I'm going to pass. No, you need to wear a mask. No, I'm not going to wear a mask, but thank you so much for offering. And you continue to go on. Now, of course, we've had numerous since I've told you guys where I've been formally ejected or basically had law enforcement threatened and so forth down the line. And they will do that to you in some places. But it reaches a certain point in time where you have to say no. And if a business 
is so bent on trying to make sure you put a face diaper on that as far as I'm concerned, don't let the door hit you in the butt. Go to a different business. There are thousands of good companies all across the country that are continuing to make sure they support their customers and maintain small businesses. Now, if you've seen up in New York, or not up in New York, up in New Jersey now, we had the Atlas Gym with Ian Fitness up there who basically now has come out and shown their report. He went and had his entire account, their entire business account that they were still operating was fully stripped, he claimed. Showed a business statement, $165,000, which is pretty much all donations for their operating expenses. Completely stripped out, $0 in their account now by Governor Murphy because they said the money is now going to be applied to fines that basically have been assessed over the last eight months. They are now doing this not to try to stop COVID. They are now doing this because the peasants have revolted up in New Jersey, and they have said, no, we're going to have a gym. We're going to operate our business. You do not have the right to tell us we can't do it. doesn't matter if you take our business license. We're going to stay open. And so now they have to try to figure out other avenues of keeping cash and other funds safe. And this is exactly what they did to everybody in England. You had no rights in England. This is why we came to this country, guys. If most people haven't realized that, I don't know what to tell you. It doesn't matter if there's a virus. It doesn't matter if there's an earthquake. It doesn't matter if there's a meteor. It doesn't matter if there's aliens, for goodness sakes. Nobody in this country has the right to tell you you do not have the right to open your business. You cannot work. You cannot feed your family. Nobody has that right at all under any circumstances. Those are God-given rights. They cannot be taken away by man. And so what we have seen now is the United States has slowly started to revert back to the colonial style as far as that we tried to get away from originally and that we fought so hard to build our own nation on, where the redcoats would come in and say, no, this is a new tax now. You have to give us 50% of this. You can't sell this without being taxed on it. That's why they were bootlegging everything all the time. Oh, guess what? Here you get tea now. It's getting more taxes on it because we said so. Not because there's any useful purpose, not because there's a legitimate reason taxes are going to. This is what we're going to do. We're taking your $165,000 because we told you you can't be open and you're not essential and you defied our order. We're taking all of your money now. This is full-blown communism tyranny at its finest example. And until the American populace decides to get off their knees and take their face diaper off and wake up, it's going to get worse. That's why I've encouraged and thanked so many people – Thank you for continuing to support small businesses. Thank you for supporting companies that are online, that are supporting your rights, that are maintaining freedom of speech, and they're giving you truth. We are all in this together right now, as they say, except the difference is we're in this for a fight for freedom, not against a virus. There is no fight against a virus. Your body fights off viruses every single day. There's no reason to live in fear. There's no reason to shut down your business. And there's absolutely no reason to comply with unlawful orders. Continue to get the truth out there. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter if you want. That keeps us on the list if we got to get any information out. And continue to speak the truth and try to wake so many people up. Thank you again for supporting Health Masters. What's your next story, Dad? You know, Austin, I'm listening to you and I'm just shaking my head. And I'm going, this is so surreal that we're actually in this. And if you look at what happened in the Russian Revolution, it was, again, the Rothschild banking cartel that's controlling our politics here in the United States. It was the same Rothschild banking cartel that basically had Tsar Nicholas killed and funded the Russian Revolution. 
It was the same Rothschild banking cartel that caused the Chinese Revolution and pushed them into communism. And it's the same Rothschild banking cartel that is taking away our rights, forcing us. Remember, if you understand what this Kabbalah teaches and what the Zohar teaches and, and what they believe is that we are an inferior species. We basically are like an animal. They call us goyim, which is like cattle, sheep, pigs, livestock. They don't see us as human beings. So a peasant, a goyim, doesn't have the right to have their business open. A peasant, a goyim, doesn't have the right to question the all-powerful state once they put their political figures into the power. A peasant, a goyim, doesn't have the right to tell Stalin or Lenin we don't want you to lock us in the church and burn us alive inside of the church. We don't want you to kill upwards of 100 million of us, primarily Christians. We don't want you to kill 50,000 priests. We don't want you to do this. It doesn't make any difference. When the all-powerful state comes in, the people don't have a right to have an opinion or a right to survive if the state wills them dead. And that's where we are. We have the same group that has done this all over the world and installed their central banks all over the world except for Syria, primarily, in Iran, in North Korea. And we have seen all these countries topple one by one by one by one and have Rothschild central banks installed in them. And yet we can't talk about what's happening because we believe in Zionism because we have been basically brainwashed because of the Schofield Bible. Yeah, that's, that's where we are. And Christians have sat down on their laurels and said, if we say anything against Israel, we're going to be cursed. All right, well, that's a vast misinterpretation of what the Bible says. We're talking about Abraham, and you're not Israel. And the sad part about this is, is that God himself had enough of this. He disbanded Israel in the Old Testament. And all the promises to Israel, you can look it up, were fulfilled according to Scripture. And so... What we have here is a group of people that are megalomaniacs primarily. They're basically sick. They, the top leaders of the entire group consider themselves to be the benign D Nephilim, sons of the fallen, sons of Lucifer himself. Their own Talmud and their own Zohar basically make archangels people that you pray to, and they make God a giant snake in a tree called Einsof. I can't make this stuff up. And yet here we are. Because we've allowed them to do what they've done, and we haven't stood against it. And we allowed them to bring a central bank in. See, it wasn't my generation or even the generation that's coming up now or even my parents that did this. It was the generation before them, 107, 108 years ago, that allowed the Federal Reserve Bank to come in with Theodore Roosevelt when he split the vote way back when we ran on a progressive party. And we basically had a three-party election in which Woodrow Wilson, the syphilis-infected lowlife out of Princeton, was brought in, terribly morally compromised, unbelievably blackmailed, was put in to basically bring us the Federal Reserve Bank and the income tax. So we've got to look back a hundred and something years to fix this mess. And what we have to understand is that unless we're willing to go back and learn history and find out what happened, we can't even tell the people today that are in the United States what's going on because they don't even know who Theodore Roosevelt was. They don't even know about World War One or World War II. You ask these people coming out of this educational system that have been so dumbed down, they can't answer any kind of questions. Right now, 
Cupertino Elementary School is forcing third graders to deconstruct their racial and sexual identity and rank themselves according to power and privilege. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. According to documents released by undisclosed parents whose children attend the R.I. Meyerholtz Elementary School in Corpino, California, a Silicon Valley community, a third grade teacher started teaching a lesson on social identities in the middle of a math class. The lesson encouraged the children to deconstruct their racial and sexual identity and rank themselves according to power and privilege. The teacher asked all students to create an identity map listing their race, class, gender, religion, family structure, and other characteristics. The teacher explained that the students live in a dominant culture of, here we go, white, middle-class, cisgender, educated, able-bodied, Christian, here we go, English speakers who, according to the lesson, created and maintained this culture in order to hold power and stay in power. In another assignment, the children were asked to write short essays describing which aspects of their identities hold power and privilege in which they're oppressed, ranking themselves according to their intersexual, intersectional hierarchy. Parents of the school were scandalized. They were basically teaching racism to my eight-year-old, said one parent, who rallied a half-dozen families to protest the curriculum and demand a meeting with the principal. One Chinese-American parent compared the training to the cultural revolution growing up in China that I had learned it many times. The outcomes of, this fa of the family will be ripped apart. The husband hates the wife. The children hate the parents. And it's already happening here. Guys, you can't make this stuff up. It's all about the teachings that came out of the Frankfurt School in 1933 out of Goethe University, which went to Princeton and Columbia in the United States, which led to this sexual revolution and destruction of the nuclear family and the destruction of nationalism. This is the same group, guys, the same ones that, run, that are controlled by the Rothschild banking cartels. It's always these same stinking people, the same ones who, quote, if you want to make it a good common denominator, the boys and girls who took down Building 7. This is the same group that always does all of this stuff. you got to listen to Myron Fagan's recording from like 1967. It's called The Illuminati and the Council on Foreign Relations. I've posted it many times on the Health Masters website. It is the destruction of the nuclear family, the destruction of the male, the destruction of the female, because we, the peasants, don't have a right to be a boy or a girl. We don't have a right to be married. We don't have a right to ask questions, do we? Remember what happened in Australia last year? What's in the vaccine? Take that down. Take that down. You can't ask that question. It doesn't have fetal cells in it. It doesn't matter that it has all these horrible side effects in it. Can't ask is being told what to say. And they're being told to tell you that we've got a virus that's uncontrollable in the United States. They're being told to tell you that this virus is going to kill you unless you socially distance 666 and you don't have a mask on. All a lie, like Austin said, you've got to take their humanity away by putting a mask on them. Man, these people just tick me off, to be honest with you guys. I can't stand them. Because all they want to do is control you psychologically. 
And they were taught to do that by their Kabbalist handlers. What a mess. But guys, stand firm in the word and the faith. We pray today. Stand firm. Because remember, his name is Jesus. He is the author. He is the finisher. And he is the perfecter of the faith. Guys, stay frosty. I love you guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Amen. Well said. And, you know, isn't it ironic where we see this alleged virus running through, but yet not one mayor, not one governor, not one health official has come out and discussed the benefits of vitamin C or D3 and the research that has literally been coming out now for an entire year. We talked about it in detail, and I've got numerous articles and research studies and published studies on the website discussing this in detail in this. I told you the only one that I've seen was like Fox News 25 in Houston, a local news, when they basically had that doctor on there that went in detail and discussed the vitamin C and the D. That's the only time I've heard it, not one time. That was over there with Dr. Peter Osborne. That's it. You know, and everybody's saying, wash your hands, social distance, put on a face mask. And it's like, or, you know, mega dose on vitamin C and get your D3 levels up real high with some course tendon zinc. You can also do that too. And you can still wash your hands. It's not a bad idea. And, you know, if somebody's sick and coughing, you know, distance from them. If friends and family are healthy, why am I going to distance from them? I'm not, I'm not scared of anybody. I'm not, I'm not walking around with a mask on if I'm not sick. I've repeatedly told people that. I said, I'm not sick. I'm, I'm negative. I'm, I'm completely healthy. Well, you need to do it for everybody else's protection. If I'm completely healthy and I'm not sick, who am I protecting by wearing a mask? I don't care if I get COVID again. Well, quite frankly, you really can't get COVID a second time. I think they've reported only like 62 cases in the entire world of people that have contracted COVID and then gotten it again. So if you've already gotten it, why are you worried about getting it again? And why the heck would you be getting a vaccine or an injectable technology insertion? I don't know. This is the issue that I have. The logic is devoid of all reasoning. You know, I'm all about questioning stuff. And I'm, there's been many times I've looked at stuff and I'm like, nah, and then I'll research more of it and I go, you know what? That makes a little bit of sense. That is. Again, I told you guys before. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're really sick, you're sick, you're coughing and hacking, and you have to go out somewhere, you have to do something, you have no option and you put on an N95 respirator, or better yet, you throw on like an A50 double can respirator gas mask, yeah, you're going to probably stop the massive spread of your virus because you're not going to be coughing and hacking and throwing your saliva everywhere. I've told you guys that. That, that. that concept makes sense. But if you're healthy and you're not sick and you're COVID negative especially, even if you're not, you feel great and you're super healthy and you're taking all your vitamins, why are you putting on a mask? Is it because you're so scared of everybody else? Is it because you're so scared of contracting a virus? Or is it simply because you just want to comply because you don't want to deal with the backlash? And I understand there's some places like you go to a hospital, they're probably not going to let you in if you have a medical emergency or if you have somebody in there that basically is sick. In that case, you know, if you need to pull up a net gator to make them feel happy about themselves for five minutes until you get to the room. You know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do in medical communities like that where they have very strict guidelines. I understand that. But as far as this nonsense, you know, walking in the grocery store, walking around outside, pushing your shopping cart to your car, walking down the sidewalk with your girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife by yourselves around the lake. We find ourselves. They're using this 
Robinson and more of a theater. It's an impeachment. Impeachment's a joke. Really? You're impeaching the dude seven days before the inauguration. Really? Like that? Any significant purpose this whatsoever? No. It's like I've said before. They want to get rid of the ideology, the basis of what Trump started, the nationalism. Make America great. No, 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 no. We don't. They, they don't want to make America great. They want to make America communist. Communism's not great. Ask anybody that's ever lived through it. This is exactly what they're doing. They want to remove the idea, the concept, the nationalistic mindset. They want to remove all of it, all of it, from the history books, from the texts, from social media, and from the minds. This is why you know the PBS attorney, I told you guys yesterday, talking about taking Trump children families that are Trump supporters, taking their children away with Homeland Security and putting them in re-education camps. He said it on camera. Project Veritas, if you guys have seen the video, look at it. He has now been terminated because PBS had no other choice because they got so much backlash. But it doesn't really even matter, does it, that he was terminated. It's the fact that he was the lead counsel for PBS, and that was actually his mindset. You guys know my stance. I talk the same way on this show as I do in person. If anybody's been around me, I'm the exact same concept, I'm the exact same talk, I'm the exact same lecturing about stuff. Don't change. This PBS attorney, what was he saying behind closed doors? What was PBS's stance? What was their, you know, ideology on a lot of this stuff? Obviously, if he was their lead counsel, he represented to at least some small degree. He represented PBS. Gotta think about that for a second. What are we allowing to have happen like that to so these third graders? Are we going to continue to allow our young children to be sent into this, to be completely and totally mind controlled? Not on my watch. Thank you again for the support, my friends. Thank you for everything with Health Masters. Be sure if you guys want to check it out, the viral protection kit on sale again right now on the website, healthmasters.com. Continue to stand up for the truth. Continue to stand up for the fight. Thank you for supporting Health Masters and all your other small local businesses and online businesses that are supporting your rights. Thank you again. Stay frosty. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.